Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. the first tee. We believe a good grip can be the foundation for success both on and off the golf course. We don't just teach golf, we teach life skills and help drive young people to be the next generation of great mentors. To learn more, visit thefirsttee.org. This is Bob Casper for Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm a Traeger guy, and I got their Timberline 1300 from Barbecue Pit Stop. It comes with a Wi-Fi app where you can see and adjust your cooking temps while sitting on your couch or if you're out and about. My Timberline has 1,300 square inches of cooking space and the ability to cook up to 12 chickens, 15 racks of ribs, or 12 pork butts. I love my Traeger grill, and you can pick up yours today from Barbecue Pit Stop with locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, Layton, or at barbecuepitstop.com. Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicholas agrees. If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with the new fall arrivals from Mizuno. Discover layers of feel with the new MP20 range. The MP20 is the ultimate muscle back. The MP20 MMC uses multi-material construction for legendary feel and performance. And the MP20 HMB is a playable set of hollow, tungsten-enhanced irons for many skill levels. Let us help you get custom fit for free today. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. Now on the tee. Is it time? Let's do this. It's time for Real Golf Radio, the longest running nationally syndicated golf show in the country. With insights and experience of professional golfer Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper, and the passion and, uh, well, fun of Brian Taylor. Nice. Here they are, the hosts of Real Golf Radio, Brian and Bob. 
And welcome into another edition of Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks so much for joining us each and every week. Again, the website, realgolfradio.com. Twitter handle is at realgolf. And uh, we appreciate you being with us. And however you're accessing the show, podcaster sites, live on one of our affiliate radio stations, or again, just thanks for being with us. Uh, got a great show for you today. And uh, really looking forward to our guest lineup, including Jeff Rude, who is a longtime golf writer, currently writes for Morning Read and does a podcast. Podcast. You can find it on iTunes or on the Morning Read website with uh, John Hawkins, another longtime golf writer. Hawk and Rude podcast. Looking forward to welcoming our good friend Jeff Rude to the program. This is a guy that's covered over 100 major championships in his career, including 82 in a row. And I think he likes that 82 number, Bob, because, you know, that was Sam Sneed's number of wins. And so while yeah. Tiger's chasing 82, there's not, I don't think there's even probably a possibility that many golf writers would have an opportunity to chase 82 consecutive majors covered. That's pretty amazing stuff. Pretty awesome. He's a he's a great guy. He's fun to fun to listen to, fun to read his his stuff and and uh, I've been around him a lot. Been around him with in Morocco and and some of the other places around the country and in golf events. Uh, Jeff's a good guy. Yeah, he's a really good insight as well. So we look forward to talking to Jeff about his career, some of the things that he remembers, including some uh, precious memories with Byron Nelson from his days working in the Dallas Morning News. We'll hear that conversation. And as we visit with him, it kind of brought up a, a conversation that we had with Byron Nelson back in the day as well and only felt it appropriate that we bring it back out. It's Houston this week. I get it. It's not the Byron Nelson but still felt like it was appropriate here in our 20th year of the show. One of our all-time favorites, if not right there at the top, favorite interview that we've ever done with Lord Byron Nelson shortly before his passing and really talks about some great stuff, how, how the Byron Nelson tournament began, how uh, he, you know he went on that streak of 11 in a row and 18 wins in a season. He you know, set it all up for us, just really tremendous stuff. So Byron Nelson, our conversation with him from back in the day, our conversation with Jeff Rude, plus some America's favorite caddy coming up later here in our number one caddy getting some media love and maybe some insights into who is America's favorite caddy and his profession and how he helps the best players in the world not just his own player but the best players in the world each and every week on the PGA Tour you'll hear all of that coming up plus we always love talking Ryder Cup. We're going to delve into that. And how tough is it to replace a three-wood? Henrik Stenson, we feel you. It's all coming up as we continue here on another edition of Real Golf Radio. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway. And that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things like hitting more bombs. What a world. Go own the tee box like the pros. Build your epic flash driver today at CallawayGolf.com. Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicholas agrees. If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere. 
What kind of golf ball are you playing? The one you've always played or the one that can actually help you perform better? Because Chrome Soft is the only ball with a graphene-infused dual soft fast core to give you the unheard of combination of crazy long distance that's also incredibly soft. It's why tour guys like Phil Mickelson, Xander Shoffley, and Francesco Molinari keep winning with it. And now Chrome Soft X is available with triple track technology for improved alignment. Get the ball that changed the ball today at CallawayGolf.com. The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shadow Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now or check it out at OGO.com. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant. Game changers, even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts. No more solution. No more glasses. Instantly, I could see. There was no pain. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. Welcome back in. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper. Thanks for joining us here on Real Golf Radio, brought to you in part by Callaway Golf and the Apex Irons, the redefine player's irons. Unmatched feel, distance, and control have been forged to perfection to deliver category-defining performance. Apex Irons are the ultimate forged player's distance iron. Let me tell you something. I went from playing blades last year to switching to the Apex Pros this year. Smoke finish, which is just absolutely beautiful to look at. You absolutely. like that smoke finish. Oh, I, I love the smoke finish. And I'll tell you what, the distance, it, it, it is correct. From my blades to the new Apex Pro irons, I have uh-huh. absolutely gained some distance. About a half a club for me. Been playing it all year. And the feel is right in line with those blades. I mean, it's tremendous, the forged feel that it has. And, of course, Callaway's 360 face cups generate industry-leading distance. That's where it comes from. That's your unmatched feel, and it will get your attention. If you haven't tried it or if you're still in the market, I'll tell you what, you need to give it a shot. Go to CallawayGolf.com and see what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf. Um, so, yeah, it's just you, – you got the – what do they call it, the Tour Satin? or I got the regular, the regular finish, the Tour Satin. Which Pretty is sweet. which? Are, they're absolutely beautiful. They're like, you know, they're like gems almost. I mean, they're really mm-hmm. just gorgeous irons. But it's that time of year, you know, when you've you've played. You know, you're kind of looking around and uh, had had some guys talking to me just the other day, and it, you pull those irons out of my bag. They just absolutely are gorgeous. They're 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 tremendous irons. So Callaway's done a fantastic job. Check them out, CallawayGolf.com. All right, Bob. There's a lot to get to this week. Um, I mentioned in the open, we feel Henrik Stenson 
Man, that guy, <laughs> that guy lost his three wood. I don't know why three woods are so difficult to replace. I, I know the feeling. I played a particular three wood for years, and I never wanted to replace it because it was my go-to club. Yeah. But when you do replace it and you find it, I mean, there are advancements in technology and things that happen all the time um, where you can gain some some additional control or distance or ball flight or things like that. And so it's not like they're making clubs that are worse than the previous clubs they had made, right? But yes. there's just something, isn't that something funny about a guy when if you get a feel of a particular club, you just don't want to let it go. And even if it is the exact replica, remember Kenny Perry years ago when his driver mm-hmm. broke and he was on fire, they made him the exact same one. And he just, it just was not, it wasn't the same. And he struggled. You know, it's interesting. Uh, like you were saying, and that a golf club that just, you, you just have confidence with it. Every time you put it in your hand, you go to try to hit it. Uh, it matches up correctly and perfectly with the way it's, put together with, uh, the gram weights of the shaft, the gram weights of the head, uh, the grip, everything. And it becomes, a, a an extremely good go-to club. I mean, Henrik Stenson with that three wood, I mean, that tre- three woods like eight, nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he ended up caving in the face. Um, so that was the problem with it, but, but how many thousands wood, of shots do you think he actually hit with that three wood before it finally gave in over nine years? So many. So many. I, I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't even venture to guess on the amount of uh, shots he hit with that golf club. But what I was saying is that, you know, that golf club is something he, he could hit 280, 300 yards off the tee. Three wood. He didn't, he, he didn't always have to hit driver. Um, in fact, his driver, a lot of the time, was going shorter than his three wood, so that's why he would hit three wood. And, uh, it it was just, it was point and shoot. And so when you've got a club like that in your bag, especially it's, it's just really tough to get rid of something like that. Yeah. I think that's really great analysis. I mean, you think of Henrik Stenson, you think of that three wood and, you know, to be without it, even joked, you know, would he, someone asked him, would you rather give up your wife or your three wood? And he just kind of, you know, Henrik Stenson's a funny guy and he just like, yeah, my wife, I'd rather give up my wife. He's like, and she's asleep. So she won't, I'll be safe for a few hours before this gets aired, you know? Um, so, I mean, look, he, you know, obviously he's, he just, but it's uh, he's a funny guy, but it's a serious thing. I mean, to have a club that you just know is your go-to and and you you aren't sure what you're yep. going to do with it well that that changes things up and look, even the shafts not necessarily just the head but the shaft you mm-hmm. know that particular shaft just the way it was made up uh you exactly. know might have just been what he needed to do and may, maybe they threw the same shaft back in there who knows but anyway well, the tolerances are such that you know like you said you can make a replica club but it just isn't the same even if you tell them it's the same, it's not. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's funny. Hey, you know, the other interesting thing to bring up. So anyway, we feel you, Henry, Henrik, so we wish you the best, man. Uh, get that uh, get that thing figured out. The Epic Flash 3-Wit has been really good to me this year, by the way, and that's what he's got in the bag. So uh, my guess is, is if I can hit it well, Henrik can figure out how to hit it well. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> you think he's got a little bit more talent? Oh, in his little finger. Yeah, he's got more talent than I have. Uh, but, you know, the other thing is, is that's interesting is we kind of look towards the President's Cup. We're probably about, what, two, two and a half, three weeks away from announcement of, of captain's picks. Correct. And there's been a lot of articles that have been written leading up to a one year of the Ryder Cup. We talked about that as well. And it, I even went back a year ago and, and read about some of the things that were said about this Ryder Cup team that lost in Italy 
uh, last year and or, or France, sorry, in, in Paris. And I, and I I thought about you know what is it that, that that caused this? And one of the things they talked about was fatigue factor. The fact that so many of the American team came right off of the tour championship, flew across seas, and had to you know try to gather themselves, especially the older guys. I mean, Phil and Tiger were blanked. Uh, and both of those guys playing the tour championship, Tiger having just won the tour championship and all that it took out of him for that. So that was one of the factors that was mentioned in this Golf Digest article I was reading from a year ago. And then you look at Tiger makes the announcement of his field coming up the week before the President's Cup. And the President's Cup isn't like flying to Paris. You're flying down under. I mean, this is a much longer. you're You're flying across country from the Bahamas. And then you're flying another 13 or however many hours to the other Australia. side of the world. Yeah. So yeah. my, my question to you is, and quite frankly, I don't even know if anybody cares if the U S loses the president's cup team. I know you're going to get on me for saying that, but it almost would keep that thing relevant. But regardless, I, it's not the same feeling. Like I, I would trade it right now. I'll take a loss in Australia for a win in Wisconsin. I'll take it right now, 100% straight up, done. But I would too. The point is, is there a concern there on the fatigue factor? I mean, do you find it surprising that so many of the U.S. President's Cuppers will be playing in the Bahamas the week before the President's Cup? Well, um, all eight of them are playing in the Bahamas the week before the President's Cup. The thing that they are doing is they're adjusting the schedule of the event and uh, the final round will be finishing on Saturday to accommodate the travel. But still, you know, it's going to take a few hours for them to catch up um, or a few days, excuse me, for them to catch up. But but the the eight players who have already made the team, as we know, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Webb Simpson, Matt Kuchar, and Bryson DeChambeau, the only one who who is a qualifier is is. The world's number one, Brooks Kepka, he's not playing. Rory McIlroy is not playing. Um, but other guys that, that will be playing from the U.S. squad, 14 of the 16 right now, um, or the potential U.S. squad would be Tony Finau, Patrick Reed, Ricky Fowler, Bubba Watson, Kevin Kistner, and Gary Woodland. Those guys are looking for one of the four picks um, to be able to play on that team in australia so is patrick reed in or not you mentioned him on both he's lists. not in oh okay you mentioned he's not him. in you mentioned him twice so that's why i wanted to make sure so so reed's not in and gary no, woodland patrick cantley oh cantley okay yeah. um gary woodland won the u.s open the year uh-huh. of a president's cup and he's not in he's not in he's not he an doesn't have enough points right now interesting to get in i'd be surprised if tiger left him off the list reigning u.s open champ yeah, I mean Tiger's got he's got a good stable of guys that he can that he can uh, try and get on the team right now. You know Tony's number nine and Patrick Reed's right there. Ricky Fowler, those guys have have success. Kisner has has not played. You know he would be a great pick. Also Gary Woodland. Um, Put Kiz so, on the team, we'll man. Put him on there. Yep. I want to see Kisner in there. I think that guy's a good cupper. When you talk about good cuppers, I think he's a good cupper. Put him on both teams. I like kids. He's a bulldog. He's that old Raymond Floyd kind of cloth, right? I mean, just go out there, hit it straight, get her done, beat somebody, which is what yep. we need to have happen in Wisconsin next year as well. And Australia, trying not to put the President's Cup down. We do want to win that, of course, but, man, we want to 
we want to win that Ryder Cup uh, coming up next year. All right, we're uh, going to take a short break. When we come back, Caddy is going to join us. And the man getting some press. He's very talented. Yeah, sure, he's been the caddy on this show for some 20 years, but he does much more than that. You'll hear about it coming up next right here on Real Golf Radio. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses instantly i could see there was no pain it was so easy and it worked my only regret was waiting so long hoops vision is world renowned and with the latest technology they give you more options than ever do yourself a favor go to hoopsvision.com right now and schedule your free consultation and mention real golf radio and save a thousand dollars off your lasik procedure hoops vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus it's one of those moments you'll always remember Tee it up at Uinta Golf with the new arrivals from Cleveland Golf. Turbocharge your game with the new Cleveland Launcher HB Turbo Driver that delivers more speed for higher, longer, and straighter drives. And the Launcher HB Turbo Irons, which deliver maximum forgiveness, higher trajectory, and increased ball speed for more accurate and longer shots. And the Launcher UHX Irons deliver the perfect blend of distance and accuracy. Let us help you get custom fit for free today at Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. Welcome back, Real Golf Radio, Brian and Bob. 
Thanks for joining us here on the show. Again, the website, realgolfradio.com. Twitter handle, at realgolf. Give us a follow. Love to have you aboard. Join the conversation. You can listen to any of the segments and the shows in, its in, in their entirety as well. Right there by following us on Twitter, at realgolf. And as we do each and every week, it's time for America's Favorite Caddy. There are bag rats, and then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Oh, it's that famous music you all love and enjoy each and every week on Real Golf Radio, America's favorite caddy, our guest. Caddy, what's happening, man? Oh, got a little snow the other day. A little snow. That's not a good sign. It's the sign of what's to come. But, you know, fortunately, I know you're probably in that Colorado area. Uh, we are not seeing snow down here in Utah yet, but uh, it's reminding us temperature-wise that it's not far behind. It's starting to get there, but we still have a number of – all next week it's going to be 65 and perfect. Exactly. Great Gotta time like to play that. some golf. I love it. So, Caddy, I, I'm wondering if it's time to further reveal your identity based on the Whoa. fact that you showed up in another Don't publication. Do Don't do it. Don't? Don't do I can't it. I deny the accuracy of any of the information our listeners or our viewers are about to receive. <laughs> do we have viewers? We have, we've been accused of having viewers, um, readers, uh, all, all kinds of different things when in fact people are in are listening actually not uh, doing any of those other things but yeah but if you're looking at the radio and listening you're viewing oh so. you're, you're viewing something i guess i suppose you're viewing the road as you're driving right now listening but i don't know what do you think uh, do we do well maybe we don't have to fully reveal but if those that want to go find the story they can go find the story I'll, i won't even say where but there was a story written about america's favorite caddy and I think those that have been listening long enough recognize that the caddy is involved in creating the yardage books for the tour players. Correct. Out there each and every week for their tournaments. And I thought it was a great article. That's the only reason I wanted to bring it up because I feel like it's only appropriate that we give you your due. I mean, you really took something that George, what they call him? Gorgeous George? Yep. That he started, but you really took it to the next level. So, I mean, hats off, man. I thought it was really cool. Well, somebody has to take care of all those millionaires, and I'm just talking about the caddies. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd think we set him up with that, but honestly, we didn't. So, no, we didn't. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about it. I think it's, look, man, you hold the keys to the inside on all this stuff. Everybody sees these players and caddies with the yardage books coming out of their pocket late in the round and what have you. What, tell us the, the inside scoop. What's the behind the scenes? How does that all work? I mean, do, do they literally get new yardage books every week? Is this something that players hang on to year over year? Tell us a little bit about the process. So the yardage books are new every week. Uh, there's even if a course quote unquote doesn't change, it actually does by our standards of what a change means, which may not be much of a change. Maybe they moved to 150 plate a little bit, but we need to know that because we're getting a yardage off it. And maybe a tree went down that we used as a target, and we want to know that. So basically, they're getting a fresh look of current information when they go out there. 
the caddies tend to keep all their books because they put notes in them as they go along. And they'll often take a brand new book, but use last year's book because they'll just review it, see if something changed, and then maybe pencil it in if they need to because they have notes. Now, this year's a little different because of the USGA specs, et cetera. Everybody's pretty much just using a brand new book this year and starting, kind of starting from scratch. Although I have known caddies who carry three or four yardage books in their bib with them during a round from previous years that have different notes on different holes, believe it or not. Uh, players, on the other hand, most of them probably just toss it when they're done. Use it for the week, and then I'm done. I'm not going to use that again. Now, there are some exceptions. There's some players who are very meticulous about things. Camilo Vijegas probably leads, leads the pack. Uh, his his notes and his yardage books are, are just, if you ever get a chance to to uh, to see it, you got to take a look at it. It's pretty impressive. So, That's so about, what type of notes? What 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 would be the notes that the caddy or or player would write in their book? So, they might want to add something extra on a tee shot line for their player. Uh, Teddy Scott, who works for Bubba Watson, might have some tee shot line you couldn't imagine taking, but Bubba can do it, <laughs> uh, right? And and uh, there may be a player who maybe a caddy wants to he he wants to measure to the back part of the green that wasn't measured in the book. So he goes out there with his gear and he checks it all out and writes those notes in there. Very often, a lot of guys and a lot of players do this too. We'll write down a direction, a putt broke historically in the book um, to a certain pin placement. This putt broke more than you thought, or this broke two cups, right? Uh, There's a lot of that going on putt notes in there. Uh, And then of course the notes in general, though, during a round, when a player hits a shot, a caddy typically will record how far it was to the front, how far it was to the pin, what the wind was doing, whether it was cold or hot, maybe how the player hit or missed it, where the ball landed, and how far it ran out to. And most caddies do all that stuff on every shot their player ever hits for their entire career. So it's pretty good little data collection. That way, you can come back. A player could say to a caddy, what do you like here? And the caddy could tell him, I'll give you a specific example. Um, Hartford open 1990. Uh, we're on 17 Sunday shot over water front pin. My player's just in the left row and he's tied for probably tied for 10th at the time. And so he says, what do you, you like eight iron? And I go, well, in the pro-am on Monday, we hit nine iron from right here. And I showed him the book, same numbers, everything. He says, I guess it's a nine iron. And he pulled it out and hit it a foot from the hole. So that's hard to do when you're going over water, telling the guy to hit less club but and giving him confidence in it. But because I could say, well, remember this Monday? And he said, oh, perfect. He was able to make a real confident swing. So that's where the notes come invaluable. You can go back to history. And then sometimes some guys will remember, hey, what did we do here three years ago? Didn't we have the same shot? Let's take a look. And they'll go back and they'll look at the notes from three years ago on Friday. There it is. Six iron. Oh, perfect. Thanks. It's, it's pretty wild when you think about it. So my question is, and I always like to do this, how do you take that application for those that are listening to our show, playing their club every week, playing a particular golf course on a regular basis, or they have an upcoming tournament at a course they're getting ready for? What What's the takeaway? How, how can they, without maybe – the full yardage book that you can provide a tour player, how can they take the lesson that these guys are using 
to help them in their game and their preparation? Well, the first one thing uh, that would come to mind is uh, don't worry about it. You're not that good. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. Uh, no, but seriously, but, but seriously, now that we've lost half our audience. Uh, so just every kind of common sense. There's a landmark over there. There's a bush. You know, you always hit an eight iron from that bush and you can kind of get an idea. Of, and I've hit some good eight irons from there. I know how far that flies. And so you can do, you can use reference points. That's how all the players do this before yardage books. No, nobody was until Nicholas came along and started doing it, I guess, pacing yardages and writing notes down. Everybody would just play rounds and they knew from the frontage of the bunker that a four iron would get just on the green or from that bush over there, it was a wedge uh, to the back pin. And so people would just keep in their mind, what have I done in the past from landmarks? So you can use landmarks and just kind of pay attention, pay attention to them. If, if, if I'm talking to you right now about, and you're on your home course and you don't know what you hit from a bush over there on the left side of the hole that you've been by a bunch of times, that you could improve that by paying attention to that and keeping it in your mind because it just helps you make a better club selection. So, of course, nowadays everybody uses rangefinders and lasers and you don't have to judge yardage at all. You get to just have it handed to you. So it's, it's more of a matter of starting to learn how far you hit clubs and knowing your shot patterns and things like that. My dad does that to me every time when I'm playing with him on his course. I go, Dad, how far is it on this? You know, it's like a par three. We get up there. How far is it? And he goes, six iron. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't help me. I don't know. You're 68 years old. I don't know how far. That doesn't help me. When you're hitting six, that doesn't do me any good. But Hey, let me ask you this. Man. If, if it, is, range, is a range finder better than a yardage book? And it does it, is one of them faster uh, for, for pace of play? So I'd say at the tour level, a rangefinder is um, probably going to be an extra step to what we do. Uh, if you had one to use, you'd probably use it just to confirm things or this or that. But we use a lot more information than you can get with a rangefinder. A rangefinder is one part of many things we want to know when we hit a golf shot. Uh, one of the things that a rangefinder can help us with, well, it depends on what rangefinder you're talking about, actually, because some GPS stuff, GPS can do some stuff that lasers can't do, and lasers can do some stuff that GPS can't do. So you'd almost need to combine them together to have the ultimate thing. Uh, but that's at the tour level. At the at the club level, I would think a rangefinder would absolutely speed up play, probably more than a yardage book would speed up play because it's giving you a yardage book. You're always looking for a reference point, and you have to pace off from a reference point. And there's only so many hard reference points you can put in a, on a piece of paper. Whereas a rangefinder works from anywhere. Um, yes, most of the time, I, there's certainly times when you can't hit the pin with a laser because a tree's in your way or tree, tree branches and leaves, or you can't see it or it's foggy or it's misty and it won't shoot the pin. And a GPS might not work when you get in tree cover or in a Canyon or in some environmental situations, but in general, they'll give you a, a whole lot of information from everywhere. So they're just different instruments. Um, some people, I, I guess it's what you work with most of the time that you're going to prefer. So, so I can remember when we were out on tour, um, caddying and that kind of thing. Um, the books were almost hand drawn. Now they aren't, you do, you use a, like a CAD cam system, you use uh, surveying equipment, that kind of thing. That's quite a process. 
Yeah, there, there are. So of, of the guys who make yardage books around the world, there are um, really only two of us that I'm really aware of who are not hand drawing. Um, at, well, actually, actually, I may be the only one who's actually drawing to scale. Or, and I don't want to say drawing, producing to scale. Um, pretty much everybody else is still hand drawing or tracing on a Google Earth image. Uh, or drawing things out of scale um, to some degree. Um, parts of their books might be in scale. The greens might be in scale, things like that. But yeah, I, all my data is is brought in, in in technical ways with surveying equipment that's very precise through CAD programs, things, things like that. So when you look at one of my books and you look at a green shape or you look at a fairway shape, that is what it is. It's not distorted at all. You can actually go in the book, take a ruler and measure from here to there with a ruler, an engineering ruler that's really accurate and fine. And, and, and if you know the scale of that drawing, you can measure that distance very precisely in the book itself. So it's all to scale. Let's put it that way. Within a half an inch, right? Well, that. That gets into an esoteric discussion of accuracy. Um, <laughs> instrument, there's a difference. There's a difference between instrument accuracy and end product accuracy and mapping accuracy. Just because my instrument, if, if I have a golf club, if I have a golf club that's capable of hitting a ball 300 yards, my ability to use it to hit it 300 yards depends on operator ability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. I can take a very accurate surveying instrument and use it sloppily and get a foot of accuracy with a half an inch instrument, right? If I just don't do it well. So there's instrument accuracy and there's kind of effective end of product accuracy. But to cut to the chase, yeah, it's really close. What Caddy's saying is he's really good. That's he's what he's saying. Really good. He's really good. Yeah. So let me ask well, you a question he, he, about the Greens books and and the USGA, um, that kind of thing. What what was the ruling change from last year to this year, and why why did they come about with that ruling change? So the ruling was simply a limit on the size and scale of a green drawing. There was no limit prior to this. You could make it as big as you wanted, which enabled you to show incredible detail for small distances on breaks of putts, other kinds of information. The USGA basically limited the size, the scale of a green. It can only it can be no larger than one four eightieth of actual size. I believe the purpose behind that was to allow a certain degree or level of detail, but not so much that it took away a lot of green reading skill. I think that was the basic thought thought behind it. And they had some very interesting issues to deal with on, on how to achieve what they wanted to do. And the scaling solution that they came up with, I think was very, very well thought out and pretty effective. I've, I've had some caddies and players tell me, oh, it doesn't matter. We can still get all the same stuff we used to. And I've had a couple guys tell me, I can't use them anymore. So I think, I think they did a pretty good, 
I think they're probably pretty happy with uh, the information that you can get out of it now. Um, now, whether they've also made it very clear that this is an ongoing process, it's not set in stone yet. They may change their uh, parameters and things like that. So we'll see. Haven't heard anything lately about any changes impending, but um, they, you know, I don't think uh, that, that I'm necessarily on their speed dial either. So we'll, we'll see if they uh, make any, any, any uh, adjustments to it. Nobody knows. All right. Well, there he is. That's the right there, the, the man behind the technology, helping the guys, the best players in the world, with uh, really precise decisions. And uh, as you said in that article, man, uh, one you know one one putt on the weekend pay for your greens books for a couple of years. There's no doubt about it. So high stakes stuff, and uh, the caddy does it well. We're uh, privileged to have him on the show each and every week right here on Real Golf Radio. Well, well done, good stuff, caddy. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. And there he is, America's favorite caddy. So we sort of revealed if you want to do your homework. And quite frankly, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to know anyway. But uh, yeah. really good guy, super impressive stuff, and a uh, treat to be able to visit with him each week here on Real Golf Radio. Short break. The show continues next. Callaway's new Apex Irons redefine players' irons. Unmatched feel, distance, and control have been forged to perfection to deliver category-defining performance. Apex Irons are the ultimate forged players' distance iron. Callaway's 360 face cups generate industry-leading distance, unmatched feel, and will get every golfer's attention. Tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes launch, trajectory, and delivers tremendous control. See perfection in every shot with the new Apex at your local golf retailer or visit CallawayGolf.com and see what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf. At the first tee, it's the little things in life we pick up. Hey, thank you. That make for a successful future. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Oh, you dropped this. Because little things can carry a big impact both on and off the course. Hey, thanks. To learn more, visit thefirsttee.org. Callaway Senior Director of Brand Management, Dave Neville. What makes Jaws the most aggressive groove in golf? What really grabs the ball where you get the spin from is the edge of the groove. We've been able to make a really, really tight edge radius using some of the proprietary tools that we have. And then in between each groove, we have that groove and groove technology, which are little micro positives that help grab the ball. So you have these 84 contact points on the face to grab the ball and just give you a tremendous amount of spin. Order Jaws today at CallawayGolf.com. Your hands with the grip. They form the connection between you and your club. In a game where feel is so important to playing your very best, great shots begin with a great grip. For every golfer who wants to play better, there's a Lampkin grip. What kind of golf ball are you playing? The one you've always played or the one that can actually help you perform better? Because Chrome Soft is the only ball with a graphene-infused dual soft fast core to give you the unheard of combination of crazy long distance that's also incredibly soft. It's why tour guys like Phil Mickelson, Xander Shoffley, and Francesco Molinari keep winning with it. 
And now Chrome Soft X is available with triple track technology for improved alignment. Get the ball that changed the ball today at CallawayGolf.com. We just changed the putter. Now you need to change yours. A multi-material shaft enabled a radical shift in weight distribution, resulting in a putter designed to improve your actual stroke. Because a better stroke helps make more putts. This is a stroke of genius. Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade. You started it. That's real golf radio. This segment brought to you in part by Callaway Golf and the Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X. The ball that changed the ball. Chrome Soft X available now with triple track technology. Uh, be sure to get it out there and check it out at CallawayGolf.com. Been playing that ball all year long. It's fantastic. And I love the triple track. People want to look at it and say, how did you do those lines? But um, look, they're already built in for you. There's a reason. There's a science behind it. And I love lining it up. To me, to me, it's helped. So anyway, I like the ball. I still hit it further than most of the guys playing other golf balls. So check it out, CallawayGolf.com. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks to the caddy. Uh, how about that, man? The caddy getting some love. Loved the article. You can check it out. I'll tell you a bit more about who he is. We have to, of course, keep him a secret. Yeah, look, he's not a secret. Everybody knows who he is, but um, he's fantastic. He gives some great stories and insights, but he, what he's doing with technology, and, and I asked him the question, what do you think is more important if they, if they allow range finders or, or having a yardage book? And, and I understand what he's saying. They take in so much more information sure they do. into what their shot is rather than what we do. And, and, and oftentimes, look, I'm not suggesting that maybe we, uh, we should overthink it more because I, I think we probably, as amateurs, overthink it too much. We point that laser at the flag. It says it's 137. Well, okay, and I'm looking at that going, all right, that's a, that's a pitching wedge if it's, you know, in the at the back of the green. If that's mm-hmm. a front pin, it's probably an easy nine iron so that I take it and spin it back. My The greens I play tend to be a little back to front um, slope. So, uh, you know, I don't want to come up short. So I, that, that's basically all I put into it. Oh, if, is there some wind? Sure. You know, I look at that kind of stuff. But, right. But I don't need to know carry the bunker, you know. The, they know. They want to know cover distance, how far it is to the flag from over the from over the bunker or from the front of the green. Uh, they want to know how what how how much is behind. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it for guys on tour, and that's why they have those tour yardage books. I still think, and like the caddy said, probably if they allowed uh, laser range finders, it probably one of those things that it would be in addition, right? to what they currently yeah. do. I don't think they're going to abandon the books. The books give that much information. I don't know that I want to see necessarily. Yeah. The group in front of me holding me up because they're reading their yardage book. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think if you play the golf course, but to the caddy's point, if you don't know off a particular landmark, how far you hit it to the green from that spot. I mean, that's something you ought to figure out. If you play that golf course every week, Mm-hmm. You ought to know certain places what it's going to be certain distances. And I watched a little thing on Golf Golf Life TV. I think is that what they call it these days. Anyway, Tiger's got a little thing going there with his strategy, and he talked about mm-hmm. the mental approach and how he he breaks down the hole from the green back every time. Yes, yes. And he talks the way Jack about Nicholas did it as well. Talks about missing it in the right spot. 
So he puts that back. Okay, here's my shot I want into the green. So here's where I need to hit it. Here's where I can miss it. And he has all that into play. And I thought, you know, there's so much of that that I just don't even think about. I just keep going over and over like, man, this is a really hard tee shot. I got out of bounds, left hazard on the right. Don't pull it. <laughs> so what do I do? I hit a big old freaking wild cut into the hazard right, dropping, hitting three. But at least I'm hitting three up there instead of three off the tee. But why am I doing that anyway? Why, why not figure out a strategy to say, here's my shot and here's my miss? And I think that's part of the evolution of the game. And these guys just have, they do it innately. Yeah, they yeah. trained and practiced and all that, and they were coached. But that's just how they approach it. They're just so much more cerebral than, and, and Tiger called it, it's an ultimate physical chess match. Yeah. You know, one of the things my dad talked, you know, it's, it's called course management, how guys get their, get their golf ball around a golf course to be able to shoot a, a good score. Early on, when my dad was young, uh, and at San Diego country club, Ben Hogan came in for a like little exhibition. He was in the day before he was hitting some, uh, playing the golf course, um, figuring out how he was going to play the golf course for this exhibition. And, and he hit a lot. He would hit, my dad said, uh, a shot to the right side of the fairway down the middle of the fairway and to the left side of the fairway to figure out which way, uh, the green was more accessible to be able to score better, uh, get the ball closer to the hole, have a chance to make birdie or eagle or whatever. So my dad learned early on about course management and how to play a golf course to be able to um, get it around best to shoot your best score. Then the other thing he did is he he stepped off yardages, um, and and that's the way they did it back then. He stepped off yardages, and he had he had a scorecard that he wrote down notes on, um, and. And he would use sprinklers. He would use landmarks like the caddy talked about for each golf course that he played. And I can remember going out on tour with him and we'd be riding on the airplane and on, on our way there. And he would be going in his mind. He would be going through each hole um, and where he wanted to hit it um, and that kind of thing to be able to to figure out uh, and and get his mind ready for that golf course then he would take that scorecard out of this big box of all these scorecards that he had for that week. He would take that scorecard and, and in the first round, he would be marking off yardages, making sure that those, those sprinklers were there, um, making sure those landmarks were there and he would be walking yardages to, to the hole. And I would shoot it with a laser. Um, and we'd come up with the, with the right yardage to the, the front of the green and, and, uh, and he was good to go. And now uh, the caddy does yeah. that all for the players. Yes, he does that with with the yardage books, with uh, with the surveying equipment that's extremely accurate. Um, like you said, up to uh, a half an inch, um, and then uh, and then with those green book greens books. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing the way things have evolved, especially from the early days when when the old older guys like Jack and and my dad and that kind of thing um, would pace off their yardages and uh, use that with their to be able to shoot their best scores. I used to love those stories too. Since we're doing old stories today, which we're going to hear a lot of coming up on the back nine hour. Number two, by the way, Jeff Rude sharing some stories back about uh, Hogan and Nelson and, and that sort of thing. But I love the stories of, of Hogan when he would just have his caddy go out, pace off a yep. certain yardage and just stand there and Hogan would just hit balls at him. 
Yep. You know, and, you know, you, you think about that, and then he'd have him pace it back another 10 yards, and then he basically became his his moving target, right? And uh, and, and he would often do that off, off the side, not even on the driving range. He's off the side yep. a little bit. In fact, I remember seeing that at Augusta when I first started going 20 years ago. They had that little side practice area on the as you drive in on the left of Magnolia Lane. They don't yeah. use that anymore no. during the tournament. But that's where I'd see a lot of the caddies were standing there and guys were chipping at them. And that's the last time I really ever saw that. Every tour player back in the in the sixties, um, every tour player had one of those shag bags with golf balls filled into it, and that's what they used to hit their practice balls when they were out um, on tour or at home when they were practicing. Um, there wasn't an unlimited supply of tour golf balls and the ones that you play for, for, you know, and bags of them so that you could go hit them. And then they were picked up for you and stuff like that. These guys had their own golf balls that they carried around with them. Well, that was uh, different times. Guys are just a little spoiled today, but Hey, it's been fun reminiscing to the back in the day. All right. Real golf radio continues next. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shano Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now, or check it out at OGO.com. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant. Game changers, even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts. No more solution. No 
Elmer glasses, instantly I could see. There was no pain. It was so easy and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world renowned and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to hoopsvision.com right now and schedule your free consultation and mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. Brian and Bob back with you. Thanks for being with us here on Real Golf Radio. That's going to wrap up hour number one of the show. Still to come on the back nine, hour number two. A little nostalgia going back with Jeff Rude, longtime golf writer. I mean, this guy is seriously one of the best in the business. And, you know, it's he reflects on a bit of a dying breed of the golf journalist and the times that he had covering over 100 major championships, including 82 majors in a row. This guy has seen and done a lot in the game of golf. Still out there writing for Morning Read and does a Hawk and Rude podcast as well. But Jeff Rude will join us on the back nine, hour number two. Really looking forward to that conversation. And, and he alludes to some stuff with Byron Nelson. And so it just prompted us that, you know what, we need to, we need to resurrect the Byron Nelson interview. It's not the week of the Byron Nelson but the tour is in the state of Texas, and it is our 20th year, and it's probably our all-time favorite interview that we ever did. So why not? We're bringing yep. it out. You'll hear from Byron Nelson setting up how the Byron Nelson um, Invitational got started, as well as that magical year of 1945 when he won yeah, 18 a, tournaments, including 11 in a row. That was a great question or, or a great uh, interview. We had a chance to talk to him. We uh, asked him a question, and off he went for I think it was, what, 35 minutes or something like that. Yeah, we condensed this down to uh, about 10 minutes for you. So that's all coming up on the back nine, hour number two next.